0: Welcome back, Wrestle Nerds! Victor Villain here. Let's see you making our way to the ring. This should be heard. That's it. All right, that's all We don't need no more because, ladies and gentlemen, a key figure in what was the most influential pro wrestling era of all time. A hardcore legend. A man who was well versed, vet at that. And he's proved. That all everybody wants is just a little head. Ow, Snow, brother. How you doing?
1: Hey. Hola. Mochi, mochi. Good to see you guys. Or, hey. hey. You. Can't really see you right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: we don't have the visuals going, but the, the audio is definitely on point.
1: Yeah, I look better this way. Oh.
2: <laughs> you got a face for radio?
1: Oh, brother. <laughs> they, always, uh, they always say beauty is only a light switch away, you know? <laughs>
0: out you're doing so much things right now with ovw and, and stuff uh we love the program i wanted to get you I mean, into you know picking brain a little bit about the business right now i mean we're also you know we've, we've done some training coming on to shikara and some other other places we're trying to get the feel of it because we don't want to just you know talk the talk we want to you know wear the shoes a little bit and see what we're getting ourselves into just so that we can talk a little bit better about the industry and you're just doing so many sure. wonderful things, man. i talk to me about well, your you. your program and OVW and what you're doing over there.
1: Well, uh, one of the things that we're doing, I mean, we uh, very proud of OVW, very proud of the history and the tradition and the you know the reputation, the brand of OVW has been around for you know thirty plus years, and uh, the cre- you know the former owner and originator, Danny Davis, you know did such just an amazing job. And when I first got introduced to OVW was when I was working with WWE and they, uh, um, had me relocate down here to Louisville, Kentucky, um, to be the head trainer for their developmental system with OVW. And, uh, you know, I, I just fell in love with it then. And, and just through, uh, time and circumstance, June of 2018, Danny was wanting to retire and was in a place that, um, I was ready and, you know, myself and my partners, we bought OVW and, and uh, we're doing everything we can to bring it back to its former glory. Up to and including, we're the only uh, wrestling school in the world that is actually an accredited, state accredited trade school by the wow. uh, State Office of Proprietary Education, the office that oversees uh, colleges and uh, secondary education after high school. So um, we've developed a two-year program um, that I felt was needed. Uh, One, because I think that standards need to be established for um, young men and women who want to enter the wrestling business. And uh, there are none, unfortunately. And, And I think that those young men and women should be taught more than just how to perform in the ring. I think they should be given the skills to be able to uh, have still a career within sports entertainment or broadcasting or entertainment if they want um, in a a behind-the-scenes fashion. So to that end, um, in that two-year program, we don't just teach people how to wrestle, how to perform in the ring. Um, We also teach them uh, lighting, sound, camera operation, direction, TV direction, production, producing, uh, segment production. Uh, live event management, business management, uh, self uh, personal financial management, social media management. Um, you know, we cover a, a large gamut so that that way, when you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, uh, whether it's due to time and attrition or because of an injury. You know, those, these young men and women are going to, at some point, a career in the ring is going to come to an end. So, or trying to hopefully give them some skills that will allow them to continue to pursue that career and still be of use, uh, in the wrestling business if they so desire. Um, plus it makes them a better performer in the ring because once you've operated a camera and you're on the other side, trying to get shots and know, and then as a performer in the ring, you know, now better what the cameras are looking for and how to maximize your time on television to its fullest potential. Um by playing through those cameras in the right fashion. Wow. One thing I love about your program
0: specifically though is the way you really in depth prepare them in just your, your normal speeches. Like I see your YouTube videos and, 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 and you, you speak about how it is how the lifestyle really is, and, and you don't you don't sugarcoat shit, man. You you tell these kids what they really need to know. You really prep them for life in the ring and life outside of the ring, but still in the business. And it, for somebody personally that that is looking to do other stuff around the business as well, not maybe not in the ring, hey man, definitely something I am definitely looking into now because I, I want that. I, I I want to know other areas I could you know look into other than inside the ring.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I want. It's, listen, when I was brought in to professional wrestling, which was 38 years ago, it was a it was a different time because. Um, there, there was a, a code. Um, it was very much and I and I make this, re- I've made this reference for years, like, you know, I said tell people it was easier to become a made man in the mafia than it was to get in professional wrestling. It's not like it is now. <laughs> there were very few people that trained people. And the reason they did that, the reason that it was so hard was because the person that trained you was held personally responsible for you. Their way of making a living hinged on your behavior and what you did and if you went and did something that affected or hurt somebody's business you got blackballed but so did the person that trained you the heat went on them as well people were very very reluctant to teach people because you carried their name and what a lot of people don't understand but not just in wrestling but in life um, the most important the most valuable thing you own more than anything else, you can have all the money in the world. Don't mean don't mean anything if you don't have a good name. And it takes years to get a good name, and it takes seconds to destroy it. I've always treated these people that I teach, that I train, that they are a reflection on me. I tell them all, you are now carrying my reputation on your back, and I'm not going. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to go to WWE because now everybody assumes that that's to be successful, you have to go to WWE, which is nothing short. That's not, it's not true. You can, you can be successful. You can have an amazing career. You can have a, uh, an amazing life. Um, WWE is the biggest platform that will allow you to sell your product, which is yourself. So you, of course, that's where you want to go. But there are multitudes of different ways to be successful in professional wrestling and have a, an amazing career and do some amazing things. You know, WWE is, is not just the one avenue. But, you know, if you truly have a passion to do this, then you're going to get an opportunity. And when you get that opportunity, I'm gonna to try to make sure that you are as prepared as possible in every way, form and fashion So that you can take advantage of that opportunity to its fullest extent doesn't guarantee that you're going to immediately go right where you want to go, but I can tell you this, that, and this is the way it's always been in wrestling, that, you know, all roads lead to the same place. Just some of them might take you longer to get there. Um, But that doesn't mean that you're not going to get there. You know, you might get there in 10 days. You might get there in 10 weeks. You might get there in 10 months. You might not get there for 10 years, but you'll get there. If you truly want it, you truly desire to do it, um, you'll have your run. Um, and when you have your run, then it's not going to reflect on me in a negative way. Amazing. Talking and that's, about my bad, man,
2: this, Vic, But no, no, talk no, about uh, uh, the OVW uh, developmental system and how well prepared people are coming out of it. Because, uh, like you said, they they have and carry your name. Uh, they they're kind of uh, respond. You know you could say responsible, uh, you're responsible for them, I I suppose. But I was fascinated by the idea of a combine. It's kind of what I always wished uh, Tough Enough was more or less like, uh, but it ended up being more show than than really... uh, Well, it was...
1: And you have to understand that Tough Enough was a show. It was not anything more than a TV show. But, again, when I would always have these debates with the... With the television producers, they were like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, we're producing a television show. I go, okay, I understand that, and I'll balance that with you. I understand that, and I, I will, I will accept that, and I'll do things to help you make an entertaining television show. But make no mistake, you're going to leave, and you're going to go back to doing your other job. But my job is in wrestling. Uh, my job is in wrestling. And I'm not going to send these people out into the wrestling business that I've made a living in that are not prepared. So I treated it, you know, the same way I always did. And I actually cared about the kids because, you know, everybody's like, you know, they were always back in the day. They'd go, oh, you know, you're a great father figure. And listen, I'm not nobody's dad. I mean, I am. I've got six kids. (laughs) Uh, I'm, you know. I'm a proven breeder. I've like salmon. I've swam upstream, so um, <laughs> I have continued to propagate the species at a great rate. I mean, it's it's awesome. But um, <laughs> no motility issues there, uh, guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Just those days are gone. You know, I'm just so um, I don't want to start over again. Jesus. Christ. Oh, Jesus. Uh, kids are great, <laughs> and they make them cute for a reason. That's why, because that way you don't kill them. You know? Sometimes you want to. Hug them so hard that you pop their back and make them poop their pants, but you know, you don't want to jump. So, Um, but I called them my kids because that's a term from wrestling. Like the guy who trained me, I'm I'm 56, you know, three and a half years, I'll be 60, but I'm still Jim Lancaster's kid to the older guys, to that group. I'm still referred to as his kid, you know, and I, and, and to this day, You know, if I, they, people, older guys hear something I've said on this interview and they don't like, they call him. They don't call me. They call him. And then he calls me. And I have to have an explanation. Because I am a representative of him as long as I am in this business. And that's, that's to your point before, right? Like how they were gatekeepers
2: in wrestling and everybody was kind of indebted to the person that brought them in, right? Like they're wrestle dads, if you will.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and that's gone away. Unfortunately, it's and it's, a, it's a tragedy that it has that that really, quite honestly, is what has led to the degradation of the professional of the art of professional wrestling. You have the blind leading the blind. You have you must understand that, in my opinion, okay, which of course you know was worth exactly what it cost you to get, which is nothing. But <laughs> um, we live in a day of information. And and it's it's great, but and there are always positives and negatives to everything. A negative to living in a day of information is now because you have access to information, you automatically assume assume that you're an expert, that you now know as much as the person who actually has is performing or doing the thing that you've garnered information about. Um, I respect what you guys are doing because you're actually experiencing something that you want to know more about, not just assuming because you've watched and you have access to information that you are now some kind of expert on something because nothing could be further from the truth. In order to be, uh, to truly have real knowledge about any topic or subject, you must have one, information, and then two, A commensurate amount of experience that gives you an understanding of that information that then equates to knowledge of the topic that you're talking about doesn't matter what it is and to prove that point because every talking point that i have i can always prove with a very logical explanation and that is if you wanted to be a doctor doesn't matter what you want to be as far as what specialty you're going to have to go to medical school when you graduate medical school from anywhere from 8 to 12 years you're not immediately, the second you graduate from medical school, you're not a physician. You're not a doctor. You have to go to a, a certain amount of residency, which is supervised experience. Not until you have completed that residency are you allowed to become an actual doctor, a physician. So now you require you acquire experience that goes along with the information that you've gotten for no matter how many years you've went, and then you become an actual doctor. The same goes for anything else, no matter what topic it is. You are not an expert on it. If you've not actually been in it and done it and with professional wrestling, much like with everything else, you know, we are subject to, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm, Cause a lot of people misunderstand. I feel. You're a fan, you've paid your money, you are entitled to your opinion. Absolutely 100% entitled to your opinion. But I'm going to make my decisions and my choices based on my experience, which coupled with my access to information you don't even know about, regardless of how much you guys think the business is open, there is still a large amount of it that fans don't really understand or know about. And there's not communicated to you. And I'm going to use that information and experience, and I'm going to make decisions that I think for the largest group of fans, it's going to appeal. Sometimes I see a lot of fans who down, you know, they, every week on a Monday night, they raw is terrible, raw is this, but what they don't understand is what is happening on a Monday night for a lot of times is simply laying the groundwork for something that's really not gonna pay off for six months, but you can't see the six months and you think it just needs to pay off right now. And a lot of times you don't understand that what we're doing on that Monday night, we're doing intentionally to make you angry, to upset you or disappoint you. So that when we do pay it off six months from now, You're ecstatic. It was the greatest show in the world. Oh, my God, they're back on track. It's, you know, Vince is a genius.
0: Uh,
3: uh. And you
1: also need to understand that, number one, the one thing none of you understand, none of you get, you all say it's Vince this and Vince that and the writers this and the writers that. It has nothing to do with them. Mischief. They play a part. They play a part. They are involved, absolutely. But it is 100%, and it always has been and always will be, the wrestler's business. Once those guys walk through the curtain, there is nothing you can do to help them, and there is nothing you can do to hinder them. You have a vision, an idea, and it's up to them to go out and then make that vision come to life. And if they can't or don't, that's
2: on them. Uh, that's that's interesting that you say because uh, recently, and I guess because of social media, it's magnified, but a lot of wrestlers are coming out or some wrestlers are coming out, right? Very unhappy about their situation and very unhappy about creative specifically. Uh what do you say to to people you know, nobody specifically or or no names necessary, but what do you say to people like that who are unhappy about their creative position and are really like, rah, like I'm not I'm I'm dissatisfied with my working environment?
1: Two things. Mm. One, you're not a tree, you can leave any time. <laughs>
3: True.
1: Nobody and nobody drove to your house and put a gun to your head and said, "Go be in the wrestling be, be in the wrestling business." You don't like it, leave. Right. Do what Do what Cody did. I trained Cody. I broke Cody into business in OVW. Do mm-hmm. what Cody did. Everybody was all up in arms. Cody left. Who left on? I said, "He." You know what he did? He did what I told him to do. I told. I taught. I teach everybody. Leave on your terms. He did, and look where he's at now. So good for him. Yeah. Okay grow some balls. Don't just sit there, and bitch. Don't piss them moan. Do something. Take action. Don't like it? Leave. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, Al, you can't say that. Well, well, Yeah, I can. You know why I did? Because I was under contract for, I had a two-year contract when I first went in from 95 to 97. I wasn't happy and it was all my fault. I mean, I had a bad attitude and I was pointing a finger at everywhere, everyone but myself, which I really should have just pointed at myself. You know what I tried to do? I tried to quit. I sent in my request for my release. You know why I didn't quit because they rolled over my contract for another year. Shit. Oh. Then I got put on loan to ECW. Okay? Right. But you don't like it. Nobody's making you do it. Quit. Nobody drove to your house and told you to do this. Two. You serve two purposes in this business, not three, not four, you serve two. This is a fact, say what you want, have your opinions, not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of fact, you are either one, the thing that is motivating people to leave their house and go to that building to watch that show, or you're one of the things that help motivate people to leave their house and go to that building and watch that show. You don't like You're creative, get more creative yourself and make yourself the thing that is making those people leave their house and come to the show. And you will then have the freedom to do things the way you want because you're successful. Oh, I'm gr- I'm good. I can have a great match. Well, fantastic. Congratulations. But it ain't about just having a great match. It's about having a great match that motivates people to want to pay to see you. Mm. And if ain't nobody paying to see you, then why am I putting you on the show? Right. Well, you know, the fans say that I'm really good and I'm underutilized. Oh, great. But they're not showing up to see you, to support (laughs) you, to prove that I'm wrong and you're right. So is it
2: that we're seeing what do we do? Right. Like, what do we do? What, how, is it that wrestlers are just not taking or, or putting the onus on themselves? They're not being taught.
1: Correct. Uh, of course, we don't. We just don't. We won't put it. I did it. Did it for years. I won't put the onus. I didn't put the onus on myself. Hmm. You walk right. through the curtain, the world is yours. You get in that ring through those ropes, you are free to do anything you want as long as people believe in who you are. And why you do it. And the problem is no one's taught that anymore. And everyone is taught to sell, sell meaning to convince the audience of what they did. And let me tell you something, boys, it ain't going to ever happen. Hmm. Never can you sell what you do, period. Unless you have successfully sold who you are and why you did it. They'll never believe what you do. You know why? Because, basic psychological fact, football, baseball, basketball have enormous audiences in the United States. And they have them in the United States, enormous audiences for one reason, one reason alone. Because everybody's played them. Hmm. Every one of you have played football, even if it's in your backyard. Every one of you have shot a basketball, even if it's in the driveway. Every one of you has played baseball, even if it's just stickball on the street. That's why oh. hockey has a bigger audience in Canada than it does in the United States. That's why soccer is bigger all over the rest of the goddamn planet than it is here. That's why soccer is becoming more popular. is because we have more generations of children playing it that's why we now watch the World Cup here. Before, years ago, we didn't care. You know why? Didn't watch it. The three most viewed televised sporting events in the world are nothing to do with any sport that's played here, other than soccer. The number one most viewed television sports broadcast is the World Cup of Soccer. Number two, is the World Cup of Cricket. Yeah, wow. Number three is the World Cup of Rugby. Notice, the Super Bowl is nowhere to be found. <laughs> oh, no That's shit. what was on last week, right? Because no one else <laughs> plays American-style football. The NBA is huge in China. Do you know why it's huge in China? Because they all played basketball. <laughs> Missionaries would go to China and teach them to play basketball. That's why it's so popular. The NBA NBA makes an enormous amount of money from China because they have that fan base. Hey, before you stepped in the ring, did you ever take a bump in the ring? Did you ever hit the ropes? Did you ever jump off the top rope and splash somebody? Did you ever throw a drop kick? No, you didn't. That's why an audience never can relate to what is done they can only relate to who and why and be honest think back when you were just a real wrestling fan not even a podcast comment you know host you really were just a wrestling fan think of your favorite wrestler did you like them because of what they did or did you like them because of who they were no you're absolutely right Yeah. yeah 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 i know i am it's a cross I have to bear, guys. I, <laughs> I, 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 he
2: it's knows it it so it. well. It's like you've done this before, huh? <laughs>
0: no, but to your you point, think? Al, man, it, it's not. It's, you not only do you tell them what to do, you you tell them how to sell too. You you also explain the difference of how to throw a punch and why not to throw a punch and why why they don't sell the eye bulk to the eye that well or, or, or the little things like that.
1: Because it's the little things that will make or break you. Not the big things. The big things aren't going to take you to that next level. The big thing because you have to understand, you guys as fans, you want because let's 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 dispel a, a myth, okay? I love going around and doing this. Mm-hmm. Let's dispel a myth. You all think that just in the last probably uh in the middle in the early 90s i think it was vince came out and you know in an effort to get rid of all of the wrestling commissions he you know he came out and he said wrestling is predetermined and everybody was
3: like oh my god
1: right you <laughs> ruined the business <laughs> well Just so you guys are aware, and if you want to, you can Google all of this and, you know, or you can actually do real homework. It doesn't matter. Um, Audiences have known that professional wrestling has been predetermined since the 1920s. Now, you got to ask yourself, why would an audience by the thousands, because there's also the big misnomer that... Wrestling only just became really popular with Vince. Nothing could be further from the truth. They were making, they were selling out baseball stadiums in the 30s. Go on YouTube, look at Buddy Rogers and, and uh, Pat O'Connor in Chicago. It's a baseball team, 30 some thousand people. Who says had the first $100,000 house back in, I think it was the 30s? $100,000 house in the 30s, guys, that's millions wow. of dollars in today's dollars. Right. But you all wow. believe that just now it's become big time because that's what you've been fed by Vince and WWE. And you've not wanted and looked any further. Why did those people who knew that wrestling was predetermined still pay by the thousands. Because the performers, and granted, the style, of course, evolves, changes, you know, no different than because they, being on the 19 early 1900s, 1910s, going into the 1920s, they, they were called Gutton Growners because they would grab a hold and they would hold it for ages. Chain wrestling developed, created, um, where the ad, influx of Indian wrestlers, where they would come in and they would do switches, reversals, you know, takedowns and counters, um, that started around the 1920s. And then, you know, sequencing, which is what you call a high spot, tackle, drop down, leap hip toss. That all started with Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers is the person that invented that, where most wrestlers would only do one to two moves at a time. Um. Buddy would literally string three to five to six moves in a row, um, and he called it sequencing. Um, That, then the style evolved. It changed, moved up. The action sped up. Um, But ultimately, they were always selling one thing, two things, selling who they were and that it was a contest, that it was a competitive situation. They were both trying to gain and maintain an advantage so that would lead them to be able to win. They were continuing to create the illusion that they were prize fighters, no different than a UFC fighter or a boxer, you know, where if they didn't win, they didn't get paid or they didn't get paid as much. Right. And Man. that's never changed. That belief, the audience still wants to come and they want to believe in two things. They want to believe in who you are and then why you're doing what you're doing. That's it. And the more you are adept at being able to sell that to an audience. And let's, let's touch upon a couple of phrases you guys like to use that. You don't have no idea what they actually mean. (laughs) School us baby,
2: school us, (laughs) take take us to school.
1: You all think kayfabe is just, you know, is protecting the business. That wasn't it protecting the business was not allowing everyone every tom dick and harry to get in it that was how you protected the business because it only takes one person to destroy the illusion that everyone else has worked so hard to create it's no different than watching a magician okay you all know magic steak god i hope so I, I was, come on
3: I, why would you I'm, do
1: that, you that know, to me i had it, him this far al <laughs> and Santa and the bunny and the Easter bunny are not real. But <laughs> oh man, this
2: is the worst interview we've ever had. How, how could you do I this know. to
1: me? I'm sorry, I'm never... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I have to do. I have to smart you guys up. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but you, 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 there's a reason that Chris Angel had a TV special. There's a reason he had a TV8 series. There's a reason he has a. He literally has a theater in the Luxor. Okay, and there's a reason that, you know, David Copperfield had a TV special where he made the Statue of Liberty disappear, okay? We, we know it's not real, but they allow us to question. They allow us to believe, even for an instant.
0: That's all it takes.
1: And with professional wrestling, it's no different. And Kate Fade... Kayfabe is not protecting the business, which is absurd. It's ridiculous because people don't understand what Kayfabe is. Quite honestly, Kayfabe was initially, it was simply a trigger word. It, was allow, it allowed us to know that there was a mark, a fan, or someone who was not smart, privy to the inner workings of the business that was in earshot or was nearby in the locker room. And you wouldn't scream it like a lot of the wrestlers do these days, where they walk through the locker room like an air raid siren, screaming, K kayfabe, because let's <laughs> face it, clearly anyone with a half an IQ point would realize, well, apparently I'm in a place I shouldn't be, and I'm seeing or hearing something I shouldn't see or hear by doing that. They would right. slip it into a conversation and they'd go, oh, you remember that girl last night? What was her name? Her name was Kay, What Kayfabe, Kay right? Remember her? Yeah, and everybody would hear the word Kayfabe and they would disperse. Hmm. They'd go away, they'd shut down, they would protect whatever they were doing so that people wouldn't, they wouldn't kill the illusion. Because I can't tell you the number of times I've had this conversation with a fan that said, oh, I was a wrestling fan. I was a fan of so-and-so and so-and-so. And then I saw that so-and-so was wrestling so-and-so in this heated blood feud and they drove to the building together. And right then and there, I was done. I was so disenfranchised, so disenchanted. They didn't want anything to do with wrestling anymore. K Fabe was simply a signal word. All it was, but it came to describe like your cafe. It's like a multi-purpose tool, uh, like a Swiss Army knife of words. Cafe has been you know, but it all comes down to your lying or trying to protect something. But that's not what it is. It is a respect, respect for your fans, and a respect for what you do. What do I mean? Here's what I mean. Let's say, for instance, I buy a commercial on television. Okay? I'm going to try and sell some toasters. I'm going to sell you an all-chrome 16-slice with a bagel gimmick in the center toaster with 32 settings. Now, let's face it. We all love toast. Fucking 32 settings. (laughs) 32 settings. You can have every kind of toast you want. Okay, <laughs> plus great. a bagel gimmick in the center. Don't, don't forget. Like oh,
2: shit. Oh, damn, the bagel gimmick.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you're sold. You've watched the commercial, yeah. i.e. you've watched the wrestling match. You go to the store, i.e. you go to the arena. Okay? You're sold. You want to buy this all-chrome, 16 slices bagel gimmick, 32-siding, toaster. The Cadillac of toasters. Mm-hmm. Going to the store, going in the arena, there's the pictures, there's the posters. On the shelf, there's the box. Out in the entrance, there's the wrestler. Buy the box. Buy the wrestler. Get it home. Open it up. It's 12 settings, 4 slices, no big gimmick. It's all black.
2: Motherfucker.
1: Get in the ring. <laughs> Bell rings. I've sold you that I'm A, B, C, D, E, but I wrestle like I'm a junior heavyweight in Japan. Mm. Yeah. Are you happy?
2: No. But... Are you
1: excited to get it again? No, you're not. Uh, and, and then when we're done, I go on social media, social media, and let, let's put something out. Okay, for any wrestler listening, okay, number one, it's your business. The wrestling business is the wrestler's business. So make whatever excuse you want to make, point whatever finger you want to make. Tell me I'm old school, you're new school, whatever. Make whatever ridiculous claim you want to make, okay? Justify it any way you want. I don't care. I've heard them all. I even made some of these excuses myself. Some of them, you're very creative. You've come up with on your own, but... (laughs) Social media is not the problem. Internet is not the problem. You are the problem. How you handle your social media is the problem. How you handle the internet is the problem.
3: Hmm.
1: If you are not comfortable with your friends and family being the thing that you sold on TV, being the character, okay, I get it, then make two social media platforms on every one of them, because God knows there's a ton of them. Yes, sir. Make make two. And you know what? Make one that's private just for your friends and family and be you. Be the dull, uninspiring person that you really are. Okay. (laughs) Live that life. Live it to its fullest. Okay. And share your baby pictures, share whatever you want to share, that's your personal life. One, so they who actually care about you will see it. Because two, I don't. So I don't need to see that. I don't care. Okay. Make a second. That is the persona that you've sold to the public and on TV and be that person 100% of the time on that social media. Okay, when i was really getting over with the head i and it wasn't it wasn't easy it wasn't comfortable it wasn't fun after shows one i traveled by myself you think i put the head in the bag no put the seat beside me and i put a seat on the damn thing you know <laughs> nice. I then i would go whenever i ate i would go to restaurants and i would get a table and I would set the t- head across from me and I would order for both of us. I sat there and I would argue and fight with the head. <laughs> That's the fucking amazing.
3: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Do you know how many times wow. I got asked to leave a restaurant? Do you know how uncomfortable that was? Do you know how difficult that was? But if you saw me in a restaurant with your family and then we're flipping through the channels and you happen to see me on TV, you're like, look, there's that lunatic that was talking to a head. At the restaurant at, <laughs> you know, Chuck E. cheese or at Charlie Oh, Charlie's or, you know, Cracker Barrel, you know,
3: wow. that
1: guy's really insane. And if you think about the ridiculous stuff that I did on TV, not want, no, let's be aware. Let's point something out. Okay. Let's make it clear. Cause you all have a certain perception of what I did. Okay. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I didn't do as much as some i've done a whole lot more than many and i have lasted a lot longer than almost everyone hmm. when we had raw smackdown we had the, the whatever the secondary show was for smackdown sunday night heat for raw yeah. i was on every one of those shows every single week facts there's a reason why well, think about that. Huh. People didn't turn the channel. It's true. Because they could believe in who I was so they could believe in what I did. Yeah. I could come out and do anything and they could believe in it because they thought I was genuinely insane. But because I went to restaurants and you all and you were, you guys were a part of that group. Yeah. in the last few years when Matt Hardy was oh I'm broken in impact wrestling and you were like oh he's a genius because he's <laughs> a character. He he never goes he never goes out of character. He did podcasts he did podcasts. he did Jericho's <laughs> podcast in character. Oh my god Oh you literally Just got everywhere. a teenage you literally got a teenage heart on.
3: <laughs> thinking
1: that this was something that he just created. Let me point something out to you. Nikita Koloff, I'm sure you all know who he is. Yes, sir. literally was so committed to the gimmick that when he came into the Carolina territory, he hired a guy to walk around like he was an interpreter and he could not speak English. So if he yes. had to buy a car, he had to buy a house, he would go through the interpreter. When I met him, when I worked for WCW, I walked in the locker room. He didn't know who I was. He never broke character in the locker room until he realized I was one of the boys. Oh, and wow. you think, you all think Matt Hardy has reinvented the wheel.
3: <laughs>
1: when it that is kayfabe. Kayfabe is never stop selling two things. Who you are. And the finish. Hmm. Period.
2: Well, do you feel like? And I mean, I think so. But do you feel like people have just stopped doing that? Wrestlers have stopped doing
3: that. Of they they, they have. don't.
1: They don't absolutely just... because they don't have a. They one, they've not been taught it, and two, they don't have a real respect for business now. I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna raise a lot of you know oh and they're gonna get butt hurt you know and their you know the <laughs> boobies are gonna get sore and I get it I'm of ah fuck them yeah. <laughs> no I it's a different time why is it a different time well here's why because ninety eight to ninety nine percent of the people that were in the wrestling business when I first broke in and for probably a good fifteen to twenty years afterwards. Were people that the only sole means of income that they had was the wrestling business. Period. No fans or bucks. The only way they made a living was the wrestling business. Okay. Ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent of the wrestling business today, most of them have a regular job and they wrestle on the weekend. It's a part-time thing. It's a pastime. It's a hobby. They don't have the same stakes.
0: You think that's why it's the
1: lack of respect too? Absolutely. And they're not being taught it. It's not passed down. There are certain things that are intrinsic about the wrestling business that are necessary to be taught to the performers so that they have a relationship and an understanding that they then don't lose touch. The reason we shake each other's hands is because it's such a dichotomous business. One, you have to be a star. You have to go in the ring and make yourself a star. But understand, every single other person in the locker room is trying to do the exact same thing, trying to make themselves a star. Be the thing that is selling the tickets. Okay? But you can't win if somebody's not willing to lose. Right. You can't lose if not somebody's not willing to win. You can't get over if not somebody's not willing to put you over. You can't get heat if someone to give you heat. But yet, you need to be the thing that drives the bus. But when everyone wants to drive the bus, that's all passengers on the bus. But that's why when you come backstage, you shake each other's hands because we're nothing more than method actors. Not actors. We're not real actors. We're nowhere near an actor. We're reactors. But we're method actors in the sense that we adopt the person that we are in the ring because it's an extension of who we really are backstage. And don't forget, there are two different gimmicks in this business. There's a gimmick in the ring and there's a gimmick backstage. You're never the real person. Okay. I was, I've been, in this, I had been in this business for probably 15, 16 years before anybody even knew my real legal name. And that was thanks to Dave Meltzer, the observer. And oh, then,
0: thanks, Dave. um, <laughs>
1: And I can tell you I can't tell you the number of years that people didn't know that I was married, had kids, you know, any personal life. Well, I'm selling. That's deep. <laughs> that's deep. And
2: it's so true, man. It's crazy. Cause and, and going back to like your social media point before, um, you know, that's such an opportunity, right? Uh Matt Hardy felt so fresh because we hadn't seen that. In, in quite some time. Uh, social media is such an opportunity to, you know, you only get three, five, oh, listen, eight minutes, you know, listen, in the I, ring.
1: I apologize. I don't want to cut you guys off. but no, go listen, ahead. When I first started, I only had the promoter's TV. That was it. Yeah. To sell me. Different. You man. guys, you have your own platform. You have social media to sell, to make people believe in who you are. You can do anything with it without any direction. You can create you and you do nothing with it. You do nothing with it but share because you're all so neat. And I get it because I was one of you, but you are, (laughs) and I still am. You're the most needy, insecure, arrogant, narcissistic, on the planet.
2: My, you sound like and my ex-girlfriend.
1: You desperately, <laughs> you desperately, desperately need validation. But you don't have the business sense to, to market who you are, your product. Sell, sell, sell you the thing that you're going to sell on TV. Not your personal life. You know, we used to have a rule back in the day. We used to have a rule, and we still do it. I still hold it in, this, in the wrestling business. Okay? What happens in, 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 this, in this world? It stays in this world. It doesn't go out with the fans. Okay? Same with you had a drunk uncle. Okay? Came to <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner every year. And he was drunk. And you loved him because he was yours. You didn't go out in the neighborhood. You didn't talk about your drunk uncle no one else would understand or relate that your drunk uncle went through world war ii and had all kinds of problems from world war ii and he the only way could deal with it was to get drunk okay that was your guy that was your family that was your that was yours so you kept it to you you didn't go out and share it in the neighborhood but now you all go out and share everything about you with everybody else and you get upset when people judge you well you put it out there to be judged so don't get upset about it when it gets judged. You want it not to be judged? Keep it to yourself. Keep it to your family. Keep it to people that know who you are and can relate to you. Can relate to you. My wife just came into the kitchen. She was like, you're getting a little hot. I'm like, no, I'm not getting hot. Get you know that. So you're dropping, you're dropping gems, Al. Gem after
3: gem right
2: now,
0: Al. Talk to him. Al, I got to ask you, though, man. Um... Is there anybody that you see right now, any talent or any prospect that you know that, 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 that you know, caught your eyes or that you like right now that, that's hitting on all cylinders and doing all the right things that you, and, and following, you know, maybe not following the old school things, but like, at least doing what's it's right not. in
1: the brain. Wait, 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 Stop. pump the brakes. <laughs> I'll answer both questions. I'll answer your question and I'll answer it with a statement. Nice. Okay. First off, there is no old school. No, there's no old school, there's no new school, okay? You have not, none of you have reinvented the wheel. The wheel's still round. You've not made it octagonal or hexagonal, okay? In 1920, do you know what they were selling to the audience, trying to convince the audience of? One thing. The one lie, the one thing that's fake about professional wrestling, and not one of you know what it is, as learned, as informed, as knowledgeable as you all think you are. Because I've asked this question, not just of you, but of wrestling fans, of wrestlers. Oh, I know everything. Okay. Hmm. What's the one thing that's fake about wrestling? What's the one thing that you're trying to convince the audience of? Don't know. No. Do you? Uh, Not a clue. It's it's a competition, I guess? Just the finish. That it, the finish actually has gravity. That the win and loss really matter. That's it. That's all you're trying to sell. You're selling who you are and the finish. That's it. The only thing it's fake is not who you are. It's who you are. Just with the volume turned up. The only thing it's fake is just the finish. So in 1920, what were they selling? Just to finish. 1957, what were they selling? Just to finish. 1972, what were they selling? Just to finish. 1985, what were they selling? Just to finish. 2020, this past Wednesday night, what was it they should be selling you on and making you believe in? Just to finish. Please explain to me how there is a new school and an old school. Go ahead, Uh,
0: Vic. Good luck with
2: that,
1: Victor. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) done here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And if you truly, genuinely believe, which I think, quite honestly, people that claim that the wrestling business has evolved or changed or whatever, pissy aunt excuse to use to justify their lack of understanding of what it is that's really being sold. You really believe that? You really believe that the wrestling business has changed? Meaning, in your mind, audience doesn't pay to see the finish. They don't pay to believe in that, they don't pay to believe in who you are. They want to see your moves. They want to see you, what you do. That's what sells tickets. That's what moves an audience. Okay. I'll agree. You're going to have, have to answer four questions. Oh, quiz One, time. If what you say is true, why do I pay commentators to spend the entire show selling verbally your performance as if it's a real competitive situation. Why do I waste that money? If what you say is true. Yeah. Question two. Why do I pay referees to go to the ring with you? You told me it's changed. It's different. It's no longer about selling the finish and all of that. It's about the moves, it's about the action. It's evolved. Become something different. Oh, okay. Then why am I wasting money to put referees in the ring to count three? Why don't I just give you your entrance? You guys go out there and do your moves and that's it. Mm -hmm. Question three. Why am I spending thousands of dollars to buy championship belts that you apparently are competing to go up a ladder to get in a position to where you can possibly win one? Well, it's not about winning or losing. It's, it's different. It's new. You've reinvented the wheel. It's, it's, the audience wants to see cool moves. They don't want to just believe that you're using those moves to win or, lose, or not lose. They want to just see the athleticism. Question four. If you're a performer, what you say is true. You really genuinely believe in that. Because I know you do. So I see you. I look at you. I know you really use that to justify what you're doing. And what you're really doing, quite honestly, comes down to this. You're not performing for the paying audience. You're performing for the wrestlers in the back, and you're performing for one person who will write a report, a review, a critique about what you do you don't do this for a living you don't do this to feed your family you don't do this to keep a roof over your head and i know there's a few guys out there that say yeah i am i am doing it yeah you're right you do but you have the blessing of having people that don't understand what the real wrestling business is about and so you're still trying to appeal to the minority and to the boys in the back as opposed to the people that paid the hard-earned money to watch you and suspend their disbelief and buy into what you're doing. So question four. Um, why is it that you get the boo-boo face when I ask you to lose? If mm-hmm. what you say is true and you genuinely believe in it, why do you get upset when I ask you to lose? Why do you care? The audience according to you isn't it's changed. There's a new school. They're not here to believe that it's a competitive situation. They're not here to buy into any of that bullshit. They're here to just watch what you can do. Then why do you get upset? Why do you walk around and pout? Shoulders slumped. Face all drawn. You go out there and you half-ass your performance because you ain't the one that's winning. You claim that I'm burying you even though I gave you time on TV whether you won or lost because you lost what you say is true and you genuinely believe it answer those four questions for me
2: yeah. damn D- does do you feel like you encounter that a lot a lot of a uh, a lot of young oh,
1: constantly. bucks that yeah cause it, because it's all oh, your old school it's changed it's different i want my stuff to be entertaining entertaining to who people pay it's no different, kayfabe is no different than if you go to watch a movie. Most of the budget of that movie is to ensure that at no point in time when you're in that movie theater do you slip out of the world, but that movie has put you in. That means that if it's a period piece, that they go and make sure that every detail, every, every costume is exactly the same fabric as what they would use in that kind that the wallpaper is exactly what it would be made out of if it was that time period. If a car chase is happening and the car goes around the corner and it has a dent in the door once, it goes around the second corner and doesn't have a dent in the door, and then it goes around the third corner and has a dent in the door again, you're taken out of that world. And they spend most of that budget ensuring that that never happens.
2: Yeah, that's fucking true. You're absolutely right.
1: Huh? and this and no matter how good the movie is that you watched, if one of those instances happen where you notice something that doesn't fit, you're taken out of that movie. And think about it, guys, because ultimately an actor, a movie actor's real job, and that's why they're held in higher esteem than a television actor, is because it takes less investment to watch a television actor. You just turn on TV and watch it and you come to the safety of your own home. If you want to watch a movie actor, you've got to get up, get out, and walk to your car, get in the car, drive to a movie theater, and sit in a comfortable leather recliner in a dark room with people you can't see, right? But if one of these things even happened for a slight bit, don't, and if you want to debate me, <coughs> as monster of a success as Game of Thrones was, everybody was in an uphill over the last season, because somebody saw a cup of coffee. That fucking
2: or, a fucking cup coffee of coffee, cup. coffee man. Yeah. Yes.
1: And the uh, internet was in an uproar.
2: because yeah. Because it,
1: it, yeah, it ruined the fantasy, the belief. It took you out of that world for that moment. You
2: That's... know what I mean? So then, would you say then, what really is new, going back to your point from before, is that there's less of a respect for the business as a whole, right? Like there's less of dedication to crafting the universe that is everything outside the ring.
1: No, there's not less of a dedication. Okay. Please don't misunderstand. Don't, it is not a less of, the, of a dedication. It is people that have not been taught. Mm-hmm. The degradation is not in what people are doing. It is what, how they are being introduced into and being taught what to do and why to do it. Wow. And most
0: definitely, you you definitely shed some light onto that this evening, Al. And I want to thank you so much for your time. I I know we hit the hour mark already, but I don't want to take up too much more of it. But you've definitely made this a must-hear, must-listen interview for those who are looking definitely into the business um, moving forward. But we're also known for, you know, letting loose a bit, shooting the ish, so to speak. Um, we like to end with a round of chair shots and whatever comes to your mind, yeah. uh, Mr will take me. over from here.
2: All right. Cool. So, um, like he said, quick, question, uh, quick chair shots, quick answers, or I mean, fucking take your time, dude. Everyone's here I'll to listen, listen to you. So, so yeah, yeah, no, no, do yeah. not be quick. Fucking take your time. I'm sure your wife appreciates that about you. Uh, <laughs> 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 Um, what's your favorite cheat meal? Ah, favorite cheese. No, I love. Damn, right when he answered, the phone cut out. No. <laughs> Al, you still there? Pizza, can you hear me? Oh, here we go. Okay,
1: sorry oh. about that.
2: You got <laughs> really okay. excited about that pizza.
1: <laughs> oh, he did, yeah.
2: <laughs> so I have to follow I up did. and say, what kind of pizza?
1: All meat, thin crust. Ooh.
2: Is there a, a burger uh, a bur- What the fuck is wrong with me A pizza no. joint <laughs>
1: Is there a particular <laughs> pizza joint you like to go to Or In Louisville Kentucky we got The one thing we have here is we have A ton ton Of restaurants so one of the places Easiest to get to hometown pizza Is really good they got like a cracker Not meaning white guy but cracker. <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh Thin crust pizza. It's really good. But there's this place down on 4th Street in uh, downtown. It's called uh, Sicilian's, the Sicilian, and they have a hot brown pizza. Oh, my God. It's incredible. A
2: hot brown pizza? What's what's in it?
1: Yeah, and it's not a sex act. So don't think, you know, <laughs> ah, hot brown. Because it's a sandwich that was made at the Brown Hotel, and they uh-huh. call it a hot brown pizza, hot, hot brown sandwich, and they have a hot brown pizza. So it's like bacon tomato uh it's turkey it's it's amazing
2: oh damn that sounds good now i'm fucking hungry (laughs) what's um what's your what's your favorite movie
1: uh favorite one that i can right off the top of my head a christmas story um greatest movie ever why because it tells a story that both if you're a child you can relate to if you're an adult you can relate to if you have children and, and all about Christmas. It's it's awesome.
2: If you had a superpower, what would it be?
1: <sighs> probably to have sex with my wife 24 hours a day. No, no, no. It's something that
2: you don't do already.
3: Oh,
1: okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, probably... Um telepathy to be able to read people's minds. Uh the more information you have, the more powerful you are. Ooh. Nice. Very answer.
2: very nefarious of you.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
2: who's a person you'd like to meet, either real or fictional?
1: Oh uh, God, there's plenty. God, there's so many. Um, Neil Armstrong, oh, first man on the moon.
2: He's probably got a lot of shit to tell.
1: <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. And think, think, and I know people. You know, they talk about and they say, you know, the moon, moon landing wasn't real. I can tell you in unequivocally, and I've read both sides, and you know, but here's the one proof. Okay, two, two, two proofs that. Uh, The moon landing was real. Number one, they distributed moon rocks all over the world. You quite honestly don't think that there was another country that somewhere at some point is like, hey, you know, because out of nothing more than just jealousy that the United States was the first person, the first country to land on the moon. Okay. That they didn't go. This is bullshit. Guys, it's all fake. And it's Chilean rocks. Russia. (laughs) Russia, somebody didn't, somebody didn't speak up. Are you you, seriously like everybody all decided we're going to all agree to keep this one secret. It's out of human nature. You can't do that. It won't, it's not possible. All right. Second, cannot deny the mother of invention is necessity. Mm -hmm. Since the moon landing, Exponentially, we have technologically advanced because of the necessity for miniaturization and et cetera, even the creation of Velcro. They didn't have Velcro until they created the moon missions. Yeah. So the the smartphone, everything you have is born out of necessity and creating things that needed to be done to be able to take a man to the moon and return them safely.
2: That's all. That's plenty of evidence because that's long – like that's far-reaching, right? Like we could see the, the effects of that today. Uh,
1: Listen, we've gone from how many decades, how many centuries did it take to get a telephone? Then from a telephone – you know, I, you guys aren't old enough, but I remember when I, I – you know, we literally had the wired telephone, and it was party lines because – yeah, on a wall, and you had party <laughs> lines because they – you know – and now we're at a point where I'm talking to you on a phone that's not connected to anything. That if we wanted to, we could do video conferencing. We could do, you know, I could see you as we speak. Uh, that's all born out of and we made an exponential jump technologically from those moon landings forward. Uh, so because of necessity.
2: Why do you think we haven't been back? I know this has nothing to do with anything else, but I'm now I'm enthralled.
1: <laughs> I would say for two reasons. One is that politically, which drives financially the the so. shine wore off. We've done it. So it's like, yeah, you've jumped that hoop. And for you know the 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 audience, which is the population of the United States, and to get their backing and continue to finance it fund it, um, you've got to come up with new things. That's why they created the Challenger, you know, the space shuttle right. and all that stuff right. to put a new shine, so that they could try and get more funding, you know. Um, and you know, the politicians are only going to stay in office,
2: right? How do you justify the expenditure of like billions of dollars to go into not only research but the equipment necessary to do so?
1: It's correct. So that's why we came back because hey, we did it. And then they sent several more missions back to the moon after the first one. But then the shine wore off So I was like, man, eh, we've been there, we've done it Yeah, okay, you can collect at the moon rocks Well, I don't care Nobody cared anymore, nobody was watching anymore Nobody gave a shit So, that's why I died Well, speaking of financials
2: What's the worst purchase you've ever made? Oh
1: Getting married twice before Eee <sighs> Talk about
2: financial deficit That shit must have yeah. hurt
1: <laughs> oh. yeah most expensive thing you can do
2: well what's the dumbest way you've ever been injured
1: uh, one time
2: uh this story came quick package, so i'm excited
1: yes. <laughs> most probably one of the most painful incidents i've ever had in the ring quite honestly first time the well, only time I've ever been hurt so bad that I went underneath the ring and I threw up. Um, Small package, uh, cradle, you know, the inside cradle. uh, Rolled me over and then the back of my head, you know, where you feel that little lump on the back of your head. um, I rolled across like a nerve bundle. When my head hit the mat, it rolled right across that nerve bundle and it hurt so Ah. bad. That I rolled underneath the ring. I rolled out immediately, kicked out, rolled underneath the ring, went into the ring, threw up three times, It was wow. blinding, nauseating pain. I I couldn't breathe, I couldn't function. Um, it was it was it was incredible. I, I, I've literally have broken ribs, you know, blew up my knee, uh, torn my groin. Um, you know, yeah, just. I, Multiple injuries, but nothing compared to rolling across that bundle of nerves right under the base of the skull. God, it hurts so bad.
2: I'm I'm contorting so hard just fucking so hearing it. But no one's I, I, ever
1: it made me sick. It made me physically violently sick. I rolled underneath the ring, threw up Oh my god and I'll never forget it, threw up three times, projectile violently oh. three times. This was on this rolled was back live? Out. Oh it was in a show, yeah. So oh and then rolled god. back out and finished the match. So
2: like, like a, a fucking professional, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll mean? never be able, no one's gonna, like an idiot, no one's ever gonna believe when I tell them that Al Snow's biggest injury or, or dumbest injury was with a small package.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: what's a useless talent you have?
1: Um, I'm a magician from the blind. Um, but it's not useless. They love it. Um, it's my way of giving back to the community. I'll go around to alliance Clubs and VFWs and things like that. They they love card tricks. Okay, I just want to point you out. Um, you just got to say, ta after every trick. If you don't, they don't really know anything happened. So it's like, you know, is this your card? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, it is. Ta-da. And they're like, oh, my God, he's incredible. He, you know, how do you do it? You know, so. Yes. I also we use just, that line to pick up my wife, just so you know. Nice,
2: <laughs> it, worked. it worked.
1: Yeah, it worked. Ta da! Ta da! Um, what's your
2: favorite? I say that after
1: sex all the time with her too. I be like ta da. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Did you do it? And I'm like, she's like, oh my God, you're amazing. (laughs) Same thing, just like the card tricks for the blind. You know, (laughs) I don't really need to practice or anything. I just, you know, and I can have any kind of assistant, you know, and they don't have to be attractive. So
2: (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Oh man. And and so, you know, okay, just so you know, before anybody has a uh, a conniption and goes, I Uh got triggered. I'm offended. You know, (laughs) you know, which, okay, when I grew up, sticks and stones broke my bones. Words would never hurt me, but apparently if that's changed for you guys, and I apologize, you know, I, I'm so sorry for all you. of you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, all of the people out there, I, I really, I feel bad for you that now, you know, you get offended, so I don't know if, like, you tomorrow you're going to call in work and go, like, I can't come in because I'm offended. I don't know how that works, <laughs> but... But... I was um, a, a, <laughs> yeah. a dear friend who was a fan... And like, I'd make jokes like that on Twitter, and her name's Cheryl Bess, and Cheryl is an amazing, incredible, just human being. I mean, just, she's a superhero. She she was abducted uh, and and was taken out in the desert at uh, 15 and attempted to rape, and then when she fought back, the guy threw acid in her face, and she's blind. Holy okay? shit. Um, doesn't stop her from coming to WrestleMania, doesn't stop her from doing things, going places, living her life, and having a sense of humor. Okay, and not getting offended. Mm -hmm. So I made that joke on Twitter. She got it. Oh, what are you doing? Blind people are gonna get so upset. And she was like, Hey, I'm blind and I'm not upset. I actually think it's quite funny. You know? So, you know, before you get all sanctimonious self-righteous and want to picket me in front of my house or something which you can i'll give you the address you can drive by do whatever you want to do i don't care it's a closed neighborhood but you can show up um i'll even come out and say hi i'll even help you carry a sign i'll pick it myself i don't care
2: i believe that
1: (laughs) i will because i will be offended for you that you're offended and I'll be to... offended that you're offended. And then oh. together we can be offended. And then I'll pick at my house <laughs> because you're offended. So I, I'll I support have to you ask. in your being offended. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. How, how How? did she check Twitter? <laughs>
1: I... <laughs> a lot nicer on Twitter. Uh, just so you know, I'm I'm very I'm much, much more pleasant personality on Twitter. Used to. My favorite response, if you gave me a negative – comment or something was, and I thought it was awesome. Um, in fact, uh, I was just telling the story the other day about both my son and I spent 45 minutes, I think one night going back and forth with this guy. And my response to anything he said was your mom. So (laughs) uh, I think that is the best and most amazing response on social media is you're like, you know, you suck. And I'll go, well, your mom didn't suck, you know, or something like that. Because, at my age, fifty-six years old, saying, you know, basically saying your mom. Even when my brothers will say some disrespectful thing, and I'll be like, your mom does, and they'll be like, wait, hold on a second, this is your mom too? And I'm like, I know, but it's awesome. Me and my sister do the same shit. <laughs> family, my wife, my son. Our responses to any question are your mom. Uh, where's it at? It's up in you. And uh, what was the third one? What's I can't remember the third one. Oh, these nuts. So, nah, these, these, nuts. nuts. <laughs> these nuts. That went viral. So if you, you ask something where something is in the kitchen, it's up in you. Um, it's who made dinner, your mom, uh, you know, uh, or this sucks. Well, your mom sucks. That kind of thing.
2: Yes.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Bringing back the old school.
2: Uh, oh, not old school. The well used. Well, that is
1: old tricks. school because we've
2: used that. Yeah. <laughs> Traditions. We, we
1: Traditions. had that long before you guys did. Your mom's stuff was awesome. So, you got, we yeah, drove yeah, this exactly. one guy this awesome. for 45 minutes. We drove him nuts for 45 minutes because every time he'd respond with something, I'd just go, you know, I'd always come back to his mom. And he would Damn. just. Damn. And then other people joined in. It was amazing. But
3: then.
2: He just said that your mom has been around forever, bro.
1: I'm literally listening
2: to this. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For you, Al, what is more important? The face or the heel?
1: The heel. The heel always. The heel is the most important thing in any story. Any story. You, You have to understand. And you guys think, oh, that's wrestling. Wrestling is a physical form of storytelling within a competitive situation. But any storytelling requires the same components. It needs a goal, needs something that your protagonist, which is your babyface, mm-hmm. is trying to achieve. Your protagonist is a person that you can relate to, that you want to be or live vicariously through. That means over, to get over, is to get over is to make an audience member want to be you, live vicariously through you, okay? Mm. Uh, you need an antagonist. An antagonist is a heel. The heel drives the bus, okay? And then wrestling, heels always used to lead the match. I was a heel for probably 14, 15 years of my career. I hate being a babyface. hated hate it. Being a heel... Yeah. I'm in control. I lead the match. I tell you what to do to me to make you look better. Because my job as a heel is not to get heat. You all think heat is a spot in a match or where I get my offense. Nothing can be further from the truth. Heat is a want. It's a need. Think about it. When that heel was beating up that baby face, the baby face you wanted to be, you weren't. You didn't get angry until you wanted you needed for that baby face to get justice, to fight back, to to triumph, beat the heel. That's heat. That's what drives ticket sales. Okay. If we don't get heat, we don't make money. And I try to use an analogy so that people will understand it. Case of point. We walk out right side, right now, outside of your studio. Walk out there. We see somebody standing next to you, a car. It's not your car. Okay, Be honest. Don't lie to yourself. Lie to everybody else. We do every day. Never lie to you. Always be honest. Brutally honest with you. Okay, What you want. What your motivations are. Why are you doing these things? You live a happier life. Trust me. The more you own your shit, they can use it against you. So walk outside. See somebody setting fire to a car. Ain't your car. What are you going to do? Be honest. Probably uh, probably, uh, leave. You're probably going to (laughs) call 911, or you're going to pull out your phone, and you're going to video it, and you're going to scream world star hip-hop. That's going to be it. (laughs) Oh, shit. World
3: world star!
1: (laughs) Why? Because it's not your car. Mm. You do not care. Don't care what you tell yourself. You're not going to risk your personal well-being something you're not invested in. That's why we don't have riots in wrestling anymore. It's why I don't have people hitting the ring. It's not personally invested because we don't have heels. Mm. If we walk outside right now, we see somebody setting fire to your car, your reaction is probably going to be a little different. You're probably going to run out of the building. You're probably going to try to stop them from setting fire to your car. Why? Well, for one simple reason. It's your car. Right, care more. You have something invested. Am I not right? Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah,
2: who's who's a heel? And
1: we see somebody setting fire to your car with your family and your dog in it. What are you going to do? Oh, you're probably going to run over and try to kill the guy. Why? Because you got more involved. You got more invested. You care more. Now, my job as a heel, my job as a heel, is not to get heat. My job is to make that baby face your car. So if I do anything to him, I've just done it to you. If I can make him and he can make himself your car with his family and his dog in it, you'll come in the ring and try to kill me. That's my job as to heal. So I'm going to call spots for you. I'm going to tell you things that make you look better than me that give me reasons to do things that people in the audience get angry about and now want to see you beat me. That's missing. That ain't there no more, boys. Well,
2: did you watch Wednesday? I call it
1: light switch wrestling. I watched Wednesday. There is no light switch. It's no. There is no. Because, you know, you've just sold me what? Hmm. Now, do you, you have to follow through? You can do anything one time. That's like reading. But when you read a book, one good chapter doesn't make the whole book, does it? No, well, it does not. Hmm. You all use misuse again a term, which is work. You Oh, well, he's a really good worker. He's a good worker. Why is he a good worker? Oh, well, he can do moves. He can do a lot of stuff. That don't make you a good worker. You know what makes you a worker? Working to work an audience or to work the mark is to make the mark or the audience believe in the lie. There's only one lie in wrestling. The only one lie is is I'm in the ring trying to do what I'm trying to do to win. I have a personal investment in trying to win or I have uh, an emotional investment in trying to win. Be honest, what's the last time you actually truly believed that these people were in the ring trying to win. I'm almost like... You didn't. Uh, no. And then, you know, oh, they tell a story. What story? When's the last time you watched the match and they told you a story? A story within that competitive situation. That they adhered to and sold you the same thing they did backstage in the ring as they did on the microphone. It don't happen anymore, boys, because they all try to sell you what they do, not who's who they a, are and why they do it.
2: Who's someone we should watch? Who's a heel, in your opinion, that is really like the epitome of what it means to be a heel?
1: I'd say MJF is. He's got to. He's got to learn, though. MJF. Um, my wife called him NKZ because, like, she has Lincoln. So, um, <laughs> uh, but um, MJF. uh,
2: he's that guy for you. And the only
1: reason you put heat on a heel is to get a baby face over. The only reason you get a baby face over is to put more heat on a heel or to then use that to get another heel heat. The only reason you get a heel heat is to put a baby face over. That's it.
2: Al Snow, thank you so much for everything, for talking to us, for really taking the time to break it down. What... We're going to give you an opportunity plug all your stuff. What are you selling? What do you got coming up? What's what's going on in so Al Snow's life right you. now?
1: Okay. So uh, you can go to obwrestling.com. You can find out anything you want to do about Ohio Valley Wrestling. We have a huge combined show with Impact Wrestling coming up on February 21st in Lexington, Kentucky at the Ice Center, and then February 22nd at the historic Davis Arena. Um, you can go to wrestling dot com and you can get tickets for those two shows. One will be live on Twitch on Friday night on February twenty first, and the other will be a pay per view live on X on Impact Plus for Impact Wrestling. Um, and uh, let me think here, February uh, every Tuesday night we have a live. We are the second longest television professional wrestling broadcasts in the nation. Raw is the first. We're the second. One week after I had our 1,000th episode of television, consecutive television episodes, SmackDown had theirs. Um, That was October 10th. They, SmackDown had theirs the very following Tuesday night. Um, We are the uh, only wrestling school that is an actually accredited trade school in the world and we actually produce a live television show every Tuesday at eight o'clock Eastern, which is also simulcast on YouTube on OBW TV. Um,
3: we have,
1: if you want any information about the school, go to ASWA.live, Al Snow Wrestling Academy. Um, I, we have both OBW, and then we have affiliate schools in all o- Hungary, Denmark, uh, we have Portugal, Greece, uh, France, Italy, wow. and two in South America and Chile. Um, wow. One in Santiago, and I can't remember the other town. Uh, also, Concepcion. Concepcion. My wife reminded me. Concepcion mm-hmm. is the other uh, affiliate school in South America. Uh, you can get my book on Amazon.com, which is – Hello. Uh, How to take shit and make Shinola and other life lessons I've learned from wrestling, but the producer, the publisher didn't want to do that. Can you still hear me? (laughs) Well, you you kind of cut off though. Yeah. Uh, You cut off when you you, were saying the title of your book. Yeah. Yeah. So give us the title one more time. uh, My book is called the self-help, uh, the uh, life lessons from the bizarre career of Al Snow, which is on Amazon right now. You can pick that up. Um, let me think here. Hold on a second cuz I got a lot of stuff going on. Collar and Elbow, I am a co-owner of Brand. you can go to collarandelbowbrand.com. We made wrestling attire for wrestling fans, but we try to make it with uh, street designs so that that way it's not like you're wearing another man's face on your shirt, which seems kind of weird to me, yeah. but also <laughs> because that way you don't have to go into different settings without wrestling fans around you and then go, Oh, we want you to watch that. That's fake. You know, that's fake. And it's like, Hey, thanks. Angela Lansbury. Clearly, you know, you were able to f- solve every murder mystery because you could put all the clues together because you were able to ascertain that wrestling is predetermined. So congratulations, but <laughs> you can wear this anywhere you want to wear. It. And if you're a wrestling fan, you get it. If you're not a wrestling I fan, you won't, you'll just think it. it's cool.
0: Oh, my God, and Al. That is, like, the best thing any fan
1: can fucking want right now for attire-wise. Anyway. And if you use the code SNOWMAN, S-N-O-W-M-A-N, you get 10% off. Even if we have a sell for 20, 30, 40, 50% off, you add that 10% on, and you get the get your clothing even at a greater discount. Um, give me a second. Um, also, uh i think here um what else do i have oh Nubo no need any sponsorships have... you know <laughs> and uh if you guys need uh, if you want to follow me on social media you can follow me on all of the platforms at the real al snow because if yes there were some imitators and i wasn't offended i would simply message you if you imitated me and i would go look if you want to be a celebrity, aim the bar higher. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to, why not be Brad Pitt? Why not be, you know, George Clooney? Uh, be Phil Stiller, somebody, I mean, be Neil Armstrong. But, you know, come on, you're really, you're shooting low here, kid. So <laughs> I have all the blue check marks and all that kind of stuff. So you'll know it's me. So um, please follow me there and, uh, you know support uh ovw you can go to we have over what we're on episode 1071 i believe at this point so we have an entire library of uh ohio valley wrestling ovw and you can go to ovwrestling.com and you can subscribe for $4.99 a month it's just like the wwe network but a lot more fun nice so. <laughs> nice Al, Al thank you so mention, much, man. Don't miss me on my national tour um, for the ma- Magic for the Blind. It's incredible. <laughs> you just have to shut your eyes, and you be tickets. amazed by all that I do.
0: We are getting tickets right now. Old D. Uh, Al, thank you again for your time. I appreciate you taking all this time with us to do this yeah. again sometime. If you're ever in the Jersey area, man, well, first, rounds, really first round's on us, on. man.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I really do. Thank you. No. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Al. Thanks good for spending
3: night. the night with us. For <laughs> All right, man. All right,
1: guys. Be good. Right. Be safe.
3: Take care, brother.